Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? So far, so good. Good. Why do some bees die when they sting and other bees are keep their stinger and they can just keep tormenting you? Well, all the Italian bees will lose their stingers when they sting you because it just pulls the guts right out of them. Right. In fact, well, the little bag stays right on there. Well, yeah, and like honeybees, right? Exactly. That I used to raise honeybees. Right. Like those are the only good bees. They're the only well, good bees, yeah. and they're the ones that are going to lose their stinger. Yeah. Whereas a hornet or something like that can sting you once and sting you twice and sting oh, yeah. you once again. It's been a long time. You know, mm-hmm. so. It was one of my most traumatic memories as a child was, I remember because... I, I found a picture of that day in question because I remember wearing my little like cowboy hat and vest and uh, I had a broom that was my horse, right? And there was a big bumblebee in the windowsill and I went smack and it went right into my shirt and stung the living crap out of me all over the place. It knew what it wanted to do, yeah. And, and they more torment. What's interesting about honeybees is they're a community. Yeah. You know, they have their queen and they're defending their queen mm-hmm. and they're defending their honey and they will give their life yeah. to defend it. So I, I have a lot of respect for honey meat. Sure. I also stay out of their way because mm-hmm. I'm now allergic to those things. So. Oh. So we stay out of the way of a honeybee, but we have a great respect for them. Mm-hmm. What was God's plan with that? Because I know honeybees have been around for mm-hmm. like as long as dinosaurs because they've even found like honeycombs. That are like the exact same shape, or you know, it's the what is it a hexagon? Is that right. shape? And it's never once changed. Like that, yeah. I think that's someone's like example that uh, of you know creationism. One of the evidences again against evolution is that that honey cell, that cell that holds that honey perfectly, has never changed size right. since they showed up millions of years ago. And uh, if you look at it engineering wise, it's a very strong way to build. Mm-hmm. So it's also used in uh, engineering. So why hasn't it? What's God's plan? Some yeah. things just don't need to change. Okay. What about? I mean, like, what good is a mosquito? That question I'm going to have for the Lord when we get there. Okay. I mean, mosquitoes. I mean, really. And ticks, and those giant mud wasps. You know, maybe it's Satan's imposing upon us to make sure we take the blood from something sick and bring it to something healthy and even out the operation you know yeah maybe who knows there's a plan behind it well, that's a good question does satan have any role in any sort of development or creation of certain creatures well we know that uh he has a role to put us to the test and we see that in really plainly in the book of job probably the plainest in the book of job those first three chapters and it's for the sake of God's proving out faithfulness in Job, God gives privilege to Satan to put him through that first set of tests, which basically hit everything outside of his body. And then the second test, you know, Satan comes back sort of cocky and said, Oh, well, you didn't let me touch his body. And so naturally he's going to, you know, still say, praise you and, and worship mm-hmm. you. And so let me touch his body and I bet he'll curse you. Hmm. And that's basically the premise behind the book of Job. And Job doesn't. 
Job's faith proves out authentic enough that he does not curse God. He gets in trial and tribulation, and it gets a little full of himself. Yeah. In those next 32 chapters, you, that sort of proves out. But, uh, yeah, God, I, I know it's probably hard for us to swallow, but in order to test and prove the authenticity of our faith, sometimes those trials and tribulations need to come, and I think he gives Satan a certain amount of leeway to make that happen. Yeah. And then we can look at Romans 5, 1 to 6, and, and see that, that that progression that Paul puts there in Romans 5 is a progression to hope and faith in God and what he's done. Yeah. And same thing in, in James chapter 1, 2 through 4. So if we can get our head around the fact that even Satan serves a purpose in God's plan, mm -hmm. then we can make a case, even, yeah, maybe even the mosquito has yeah. a place in the plan. Okay. Yeah, that's something I've always thought about, but never really given it like a certain place in my mind. You know, there's that, you know, God and Satan both see the value in temptation, right? But which entity is the one that is setting it forth, right? Well, and, and that specifically is given to Satan. Okay. God will not tempt us beyond what we can. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I think it's verse 13, that we will not be tempted beyond what we can handle because God's in charge of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always important for us to know. So if you think you're standing firm, verse 12, be careful that lest you fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. I mean, really, you talk about mosquito, that's pretty common that's to pretty man. That's pretty common. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And that is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. Okay. So, God's got a plan. Uh, we like to say it's opposing forces, but ultimately God is in control. And we who are Christians need to say that prayer often that comes in Matthew chapter 6 and emphasize the part, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not necessarily my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the concept that we are living God's plan. Yeah. Was it his plan for us to sin, that original sin in the Garden of Eden, though? Does it feel like he, you know, he let that snake be there? He let that snake be there. But it was ultimately, ultimately Eve and Adam's decision. Oh, yeah. And I think that piece is important for us to remember because it is still our decision as to how faithful we will be to what God has asked us to do. God isn't served by puppets. But he's always cultivated, and you know, we've talked about it through, through, through Genesis and Exodus, and now we're in Numbers. God has always wanted a people who could truly be his, who would listen to him mm -hmm. and respond to him. Think about it this way. Okay, 
So if you had uh, uh, a person who cared a great deal for you, yeah, and they did it because they're obligated to you, right? Rather than just really felt for your heart and uh, and felt like you loved them as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a a distant image of what God's trying to do to cultivate an obedient people who just love Him so much. And care so much for what he, for who he is, and not only that, but see that he's got a grand mission for this people who are called by his name. Yeah. And we talked about last time in the one about being salt, uh, uh, that we actually flavor the atmosphere around us. Yeah. Because of who we are in Christ. Because of who God is. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so much bigger. Yeah. So like with your example there, like if I wanted to make sure my wife knew that I chose to love her and love, like if I went to her and I said, you know, I don't have to love you, but I do. You think that would go over well? No. Okay. No, that would that fall time. right on its face. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll stick away from that one. Then. The other side of it is though, if you know what she likes most mm -hmm. and at the unexpected moment show up with that. Sure. That's, that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you read the Psalms and you realize that God showed up for David at times when he really needed it. That speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. uh, so show up for your spouse in unexpected ways when they need it most. And it will speak volumes about how much you care. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm going to try to figure out one of those yeah. things and see if how, how and I can you guys can maybe bring emails in to yeah. uh, Alex and make suggestions to Alex as to how he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I bring them. There you yep. go. Mm -hmm. All right, so this is the next one I, I had a question about. Um, in the Bible, it never talks about dating. <laughs> so there's so that's a completely constructed by us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, is there ever an issue in the Bible that isn't just, you know, arranged by, you know, parents or someone else, or God says here. Or God says here. Or God says, this is the woman for you. Well, this is the man for you. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Not quite. You can't look at an example that would say other than, than Isaac. And I, you know, that could be, he didn't even go on his own. Okay. Sent, I mean, sent a, a servant to go find Rachel. I mean, really. <laughs> but Abraham trusted the servant, and, That's and middle we, school quality we see that uh, we see that interaction. It's obvious that that you know the servant prayed, you know, point out this person mm -hmm. and point her out this way, and God did, mm -hmm. and so that was a godly appointment. Uh, but Middle Eastern. Uh, culture did not have a dating thing going on. Uh, it, many of those marriages were arranged. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, usually the guy was older than the lady. Yeah. Yeah. So it was often in the guy's hands. Mm -hmm. The kind of the reason I brought it up because it's 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 something that we can look at when there's other questions that we have about 
you know, what does the Bible say about X? Um, where we can kind of set up something, if we if we could, if we create a solid stance on this part, this dating part that's not explicitly in the Bible, but we also see the value of it. Um, I mean, because God fully intends for us to grow, to develop, not create things that are of the world, but yeah, there's no longer any like there's nothing in the Bible that says anything about a marriage should be arranged mm-hmm. by the this person, you know. No. So I think it could be a neat little tool to say, well, yeah, they don't say anything about dating in the Bible, yet we go about it in this way. So if you have questions about, you know, should I be watching as much? What does the Bible say about me watching football on Sundays? Actually, there's probably some good examples of that, but um, I know there's other better examples. <laughs> um, it could be used as a tool. It, it could be used as a tool. You're yeah. exactly right. Uh, and I'm not sure. There are some books out there, I remember, on on dating. Uh, but the, the thing that I think we need to guard ourselves with as Christians is that we don't just date for our pleasure, mm-hmm. but in somehow involve God in the, in the discernment process oh, yeah. and say, so Lord, uh, who do you, and nine times out of 10, I can't say it's a hundred percent, but you're going to find somebody who really interests you who's totally different than you. Oh, yeah. And those spicy relationships. Uh, I, I've seen people come in for marital counseling because things get a little too out of hand. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the things that the couple appreciate most in the other is not the similarities, but the differences. Yeah. And then how they work out that piece in between. That's what adds to the marriage. Oh, yeah. is that challenge. I mean, if marriage was super easy... How great would it on it? I mean, I know it'd, it'd be just a ball of wax. I mean, just, but it isn't. No. And the challenge is then how do we work out the differences and respect each other? Yep. In those differences and say, yeah, it's all right. You go ice fishing. Mm-hmm. And then she goes over quilting or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all right. And we respect each other for it. And, and the, the piece I think we often forget is that adds so much to our children. Right. To see the depths of our individual characters. And uh, they grow. And a lot of times the, the kids develop differently too. I mean, one kid, I, we have th- three kids. And each and every one of them has a unique and separate personality, even though they grew up with Charlene and I. Right. I think that's the, one of the most amazing things. Just like out of the womb, it's like they're different personalities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's crazy. But as they, as they grow up, those differences uh, complement and, and contrast and add flavor and oh yeah yeah I think we miss a lot of the flavor of community when we try to be too homogenous yeah but you know we start throwing out things that are different than us well we we miss a lot of it mm-hmm. what can be a, just a colorful relationship sure it made me kind of. Uh... My stepsister, Emily, she put something on Facebook a while ago. I'm going to try to remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, you know, for someone who didn't love his first wife, Jacob sure impregnated, was it Leah? Impregnated Leah a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's an odd one. That's an odd one. And she did. She had a lot more kids. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. 
Yep. Not a great one. It's one of those illustrations, though. Oh, yeah. I still like that even in the Bible, we don't see just everyone is perfect. Oh. It'd be very hard to relate to anybody like that. Yeah, there's very few. Just one. That we could say is perfect. Mm -hmm. Just Jesus. Right. Okay. Would you rather be the... What do you also got? No, I'm just thinking, I was just studying on Moses. And even Moses, even though he was complimented by God by being so perfect, uh, so humble, Mm -hmm. uh, in Numbers, I think it was uh, 13 or 20. And then he strikes the rock at Meribah and can't take the people into the into the chosen into the uh, new promised land. Yeah, even Moses isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so, you were headed where? Would you rather be the first person to go to space or the last? I think the last. Yeah, You'd be all alone though on Earth into space. Oh, a little solidarity is. Yeah, a little solitude's not a bad thing. Okay. I can handle a little bit. Just don't make it years and years and years. You might get stuck on the dark side of the moon, though. That's true. I was watching The Martian the other night, and I, yeah. the, you know, he's up there a long time by himself. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be too much. Oh, man. I, I'd go crazy. I don't Some people say we're not far anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You put me in a room by myself for a whole, just one day, I'm sure I would lose my mind. But uh, maybe not. Maybe the challenge is there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll give her a shot. There you go. Yep. All right. Will you pray us out? Yep. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of your word and the privilege of community of faith. May our situation and how we shared with each other today Touch someone's life. To your honor and to your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for making it to the end, everyone. And uh, if you got any questions, send us on any of the different platforms we got. The email will be right at the end of the show, too. That's right. And uh, Come yeah. see us in church on Sunday, 1045, yep. Yep. Westchester, Iowa, mm-hmm. Sunday. That's right. All right. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Bless you. Bye.